Hi, Jax. Hey, Jax. Hello, Jax. Hey, Jax, I have a question for you. And I'm just wondering about... I wanted to ask you about... Uh, I have a question for you. I have a question about the history of porn. <laughs> Hi, it's Jax here. Welcome to this week's episode of Thorny Issues. I was having a catch-up chat with a friend last week and asked me a super legit question that I've realised I've never really explained, and I should. So the question was, what do I think great sex is? And that's because I bring it up all the time that I want people to be having great sex, and that's part of the reason for having this podcast. It's a super legit question. I guess great sex can mean so many things to so many people. You knowing what I think great sex is, is probably key. So what does great sex mean to me? Sex to me is a thing that we get to experience with our bodies. It's a place of positive, pleasurable feelings, whether we are giving those to ourselves or whether we are experiencing those with a partner or many partners. And to me, sex doesn't have to end in an orgasm or in penetrative sex. Sex leaves us feeling comfortable, confident, happy, satisfied, definitely satisfied. Sex also isn't a singular permanent space. The joys of sex is that it's an ongoing exploration. When we're younger, we learn to have sex in one specific way. And then we can kind of fall into the habit of having the same sex over and over again, which can get incredibly boring. And it's boring because we don't allow ourselves space to explore or to grow. We figure out this is what feels good. I'm going to stick with it. And it just feels absurd sometimes that we think that what we enjoyed when we were 21 is what we're going to enjoy when we're 35, which will be the same as what we enjoy when we're 50, 60, 70. God, I hope I'm still having sex in my 70s and 80s. But I know the sex that I'll be having later on in life is not the sex I'm having now, which is not the sex I had last decade. We grow, we change, our bodies change, our desires change, our hormones change. And all of these things to me mean we've got a chance to explore something new, find a new way to be satisfied and enjoy our bodies. These are the bodies that we have. So let's figure out how they work for us now, knowing that that might change in the future and get really comfortable with them. Our weight might go up and down. Gosh, we might get an injury. I've got an injured knee right now. That's definitely changing how I'm having sex. Currently, I'm not going to have an injured knee forever. So I'm just adapting and growing. And that is part of having great sex. Great sex is feeling your best self in the moment and exploring that either on your own or like I said, with a partner or partners or whatever it is that is giving you that rush, that joy, that thrill, and all those juicy, juicy endorphins and that serotonin boost that we get afterwards. Having an orgasm within that is fucking amazing. But sometimes that doesn't happen. And I don't think that means that it's been an unsuccessful play or that sex hasn't occurred. But through exploring and through learning how our bodies work for us now, that gives us the opportunity to hopefully have more orgasms and to be able to tell partners what we want. And that's kind of the point 
of this show a little bit. So hopefully that explanation helps in giving you more of an idea of what I think great sex is and what I'm really hoping as my listeners that you are having or you start to feel confident and comfortable enough to ask for what you want or to learn what your body loves right now. Coming up on today's podcast, I've got a couple of questions for you. Really grateful. I'm still getting questions in from all of you, which is wonderful. I'm loving researching, learning and delving into new topics. Keep sending the questions over. You can do that through the website, thornyissues.ca. You can submit a voice note. If you're not comfortable submitting a voice note, you can always submit a question over text, which is all anonymous. The whole thing is anonymous, whether it's a voice note, whether it's a text. If you submit over text, I will then get someone to read the question out. And I really look forward to your questions every week and from hearing from you every week. So thank you so much. You can also follow the podcast at Thorny Issues on Instagram. I feel that's enough admin for you all. So let's get on with the show. Hey Jax, I'm 32 and I've been with my boyfriend for almost a year. I don't orgasm from penetration. I never have. I enjoy it when we are kissing and when he's touching me. And I love it when he goes down on me, but when we actually have sex, I feel no pleasure. Sometimes I just feel nothing when he's inside me, but then when he's thrusting hard, it's really quite uncomfortable. But I don't want to tell him that because I know he really likes that and he enjoys it. And that's how he likes to come. What is wrong with me? I sometimes ask for us to go slower and that does help in that it's not uncomfortable. But still, I don't really feel too much. Then he wants to get faster again, and it gets to the stage where I just want the penetration to be over with, so I will fake an orgasm. I know. My boyfriend doesn't know any of this. He's a good guy, and I know he wants to make me happy, but I don't really know how to talk to him about this. Do most women enjoy penetration? Why don't I? I want to enjoy it. Any advice would be great. Hi. Thank you so much for the question. Before I go any further into this, I want to say nothing is wrong with you. It is not weird as someone with a vulva to not come from penetration. There have been studies into this, unfortunately not enough, because there are never enough studies into women's health, and especially into women's pleasure. But the statistics show that about 30% of women come from penetrative sex alone. That is 3 out of 10 that is not many at all. You are in the majority by not coming from penetrative sex. A couple of other useful stats before I get into some sort of tips and tricks to improve your sex life with your boyfriend, but 94% of women can have an orgasm with a vibratory device. 70 to 80% of women have orgasms from either hand or mouth. This is really basic information, but it is not out there and it is not something that we see. We don't see it in movies, in TV shows, in novels. It's so endemic in things that we see. A better direct route to pleasure is going for the clitoris rather than just penetration alone. Hopefully those stats give you some comfort. And now let's look into things that you and your boyfriend can do so that you can have a fantastic sex life together and you can be having real orgasms, not fake orgasms. 
I'm never going to shame anyone for faking an orgasm. There are obviously reasons behind why you're doing it. But by faking it, you're not communicating properly with your partner. Your partner thinks you're coming, thinks he's doing a good job, thinks he's turning you on. And so when you start to have this conversation with him, he's probably going to be a little bit hurt by that. You haven't done anything wrong. You you were wanting to satisfy him in that way. But one of the joys of partnered sex is that as a team, you, you get to discover how each other's bodies works and how how to turn them on. As I said before, TV shows and movies really sort of suggest that penetrative sex is the way, but also that as a couple, we come together, that we come at the same time. That is not always feasible. It sometimes doesn't work. And it's okay to prioritize one person's pleasure and then the other. A lot of people derive joy from giving their partner satisfaction. It's also okay to want your own satisfaction as well you said that occasionally it could be painful. Sex shouldn't be painful. And if it is painful, I would suggest that you go chat with your GP. Not all healthcare professionals are up to date with female pleasure, but I think if you're if you are having pain, I'm not a doctor. I'm not someone who can help you with that. A common reason you might be feeling this pain is insufficient arousal. Without arousal, the vaginal canal can't lubricate itself and the cervix doesn't pull back and out of the way. So when a penis is ramming itself in there, it will be painful and you will feel discomfort because you're not adequately prepared for that. You're not turned on enough. Now, using lube is great, but that is an addition. I want us to get to a point where you are aroused enough that penetration isn't painful for you. One thing I'm quite curious about is whether you orgasm when you masturbate. How does that work for you? What are you doing there? How are you touching your body? And how does that feel? These are great places for you to start and for you and your boyfriend to potentially start with. Masturbation is a great tool. First of all, it brings us pleasure and it's a hell of a lot of fun, but it also helps us understand our own sexuality. And then we can bring that into our relationships, which can really help improve our partnered sex. By learning how to receive and give pleasure to ourselves, we also can become better at articulating what we want, how we like it, and how we want to be with our partners. When you masturbate, do you use a vibrator? I think vibrators are totally underused tools that we have in our sexual arsenal. They're easy to access, they're easy to use, they help people with vulvas have orgasms and get more pleasure. They're really useful tools to help fix problems and issues. And a lot of people are quite embarrassed to bring a vibrator into the bedroom because they think somehow their body has failed because it's not coming how they think that they should. They're worried they might offend their partners because he can't do everything that you need him to do. And that's not the case at all. I think sometimes we have to check our egos at the door and think, what's the point of this? What What, what is the point of us having sex? What's the point of us being intimate with each other? And egos aren't going to help in any way with this situation. Sex isn't just about pleasing another person. So really think, how can we do this together as a team? Leave your ego at the door. Take the pressure off an orgasm and take the pressure off penetration. In fact, take penetration off the table for the next couple of times that you have sex. There are so many other fun things you can do and you can learn each other's bodies and you can go on this fun exploration. A lot of people are really mad at the word foreplay and I'll be honest, I am completely in that camp too. Foreplay suggests that it's not real sex, it's not real intimacy, it's the warm-up before the big game, the big game being penetration and coming that way. 
And that's utterly ridiculous. If you listen to the intro, sex is so many things. It's not just about penis and vagina. That's not it. Porn would have us think that a lot of the time, but that's not how it is. So change the goalposts, make it less goal focused and just enjoy each other's bodies. Outer course is a wonderful complement to intercourse. It is also so much fun all on its own. Learn each other's bodies, discover new sources of pleasure, go off script, make it exciting. If only 30% of women come through penetration alone, it really suggests that outer course is the key to help more women have more orgasms. Yes, 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 that is what we want. Outer course also allows for fresh ideas. It can maximize pleasure. It's not foreplay. It's not the warm up. It can be the main event. And it's a wonderful way to communicate with your partner as well. You can say something along the lines of, hey, babe, what feels good for you? Does it feel good when I touch you here? It's a wonderful way to open up communication with your partner. It also takes the expectation of your boyfriend as the penis haver that his penis has to give you all of the satisfaction. It can add variety. It puts way more fun things on the table. Kissing, dry humping, oral sex, masturbation, touching, nipple stimulation. There are so many things that you can do here. We are super lucky. We have these novel tools called hands. Go back to basics. Touch your partner. Be in bed or on the couch or wherever you like to get jiggy with it. Get naked. Take your genitals out of the situation and have some time naked touching each other. Stroke, scratch, tickle, lick. It's a wonderful way to explore different sensations. Are there certain places that you didn't know that you really like to be touched? You can find new erogenous zones this way. And this is a wonderful way together for you to discover not only what turns you on, but maybe he's going to discover a new erogenous zone for him too. And once you're comfortable with that, you could bring in some toys. There are so many different settings that tools have. There are different cadences. There are different strengths. Make it fun. Explore things together. Be vocal with each other as to what you like, as to what you don't like, as to what you might like to try more of. If there's something you're definitely like, this isn't for me at all, that is totally fine. But create a space where the two of you feel you can have this conversation and hopefully you can find ways that you can come that don't involve penetration at all, but also might turn you on enough that if penetration is how your partner wants to come, you are lubricated enough that it is not painful for you. And going back to that pain thing, there are also potentially some positions that might be more comfortable for you than others. Also try using pillows or cushions or bits of furniture to sort of help you out to try different positions where maybe one is painful and one isn't. Like I said, and I will repeat it again, I am not a medical professional. I am not a doctor. If it really is that painful, please go see somebody. The biggest thing you need to do here is talk to your partner. You'll have to fess up about the faking of the orgasms, but it allows you to discover new ways to explore, new ways to satisfy each other, and it really is a lot of fun. Sometimes things are a little embarrassing to begin with, but that's okay. It's just you and him. Set aside some sexy fun time. It's a wonderful way to bond with a partner. And also, you get to have a bunch of orgasms. So go have fun.
Hey Jax, I've started dating again after a few years in a long-term relationship, and I'm having issues with condoms. I'm getting hard during foreplay, but as soon as I put a condom on, my boner goes away. I'm guessing it's because I stopped using condoms in my last relationship, so I'm trying to get used to the feeling again. Is it wrong to ask the girl I'm seeing if we can stop using them so I can perform better? I'm quite embarrassed, to be honest. This isn't normal for me. Hi. So I totally get why you feel embarrassed, but really there isn't anything to be embarrassed about here. Sometimes erections are there, sometimes they're not. Just in the same way that someone with a vulva, sometimes you're going to get wet, sometimes you're not. If you lose that erection, there's always toys that you can play with. There is always fun things that can happen. You haven't mentioned if this is a new primary relationship that you're in, or if you are dating more openly whilst you're maybe looking for a long-term partner. If you currently have multiple partners or you're planning to sort of be more casually dating, condoms are key, not only for protection against babies, but also for STI protection. So there are a couple of things that you can do It totally makes sense that you got comfortable without a condom in a long-term relationship, and the sensation can definitely feel odd when you start using them again, but there are ways that you can retrain your junk. We know you can get hard because you say that you lose your erection when you bring a condom into play, so why don't you start the play with a condom and get hard through whatever outer course play you're doing, whatever fun things that you and your partner have been doing that have been getting you hard to the point of wanting to put a condom on, why don't you start with it so that you can enjoy those types of play and you can train your brain that wearing a condom also means some really fun, satisfying feelings. The other thing you can do is the next few times that you masturbate, masturbate with a condom on so you get used to that sensation, you get used to how it feels. Also, easy cleanup, but allows you to get used to that feeling again so that you're not in your head about it when you get the condom out mid-play. Also, brands, different brands of condom will have different thicknesses, can feel different... There's a million types out there. Are they ultra thin? Are they extra lubed? Are they glow in the dark? Are they tasting like chewing gum? I don't know. Find a brand that fits for you, that feels snug and comfortable on your cock. Go from there. That hopefully would make you feel more comfortable when it gets down to fucking with a partner and you're not then in your head about it. So you can totally retrain these things, get used to that new sensation, remind your dick that it's totally fine to wear a condom and that you're still going to have a really good time. You do ask if it's okay to ask the girl you're seeing for you guys just to stop using a condom. It depends on a few factors. I would say, how long have you been seeing her? As I said earlier, are you sleeping with other people? Is she sleeping with other people? If you are both doing that, are you both doing that protected or unprotected? As and when you have the conversation about going from using condoms to not using condoms, make sure you go and get STI tested. It's always good to know your medical status before you go and play around condom free. I've said it on a previous episode and I will say it any time I talk about STI testing, but when you get tested, make sure you get tested where you play. So if you enjoy giving oral sex, make sure that you're getting a throat swab. If you enjoy anal sex, make sure that you're getting a butt swab as well as a urine test and a blood test. 
I don't always trust the medical profession to ask these questions. So go in prepared and say, I want all these tests rather than just them giving you the blood test or the urine test. And if you live in British Columbia in Canada, there is a website called Get Checked Online and you can go on there and create a profile for yourself and answer all the questions that the doctor would ask you. It will generate a QR code for you. You can then go into a testing facility and you've got all the information and then they will email you your results. And if for some reason you have picked up an infection, you will get a call from a doctor and then they can prescribe you whatever you need so that you can get rid of the infection and get back to feeling confident about your clear medical status. Not that I'm looking for sponsorship from the BC government, but I will go on about this website over and over again. It takes away the embarrassment of having to talk to a doctor if that's something that you're uncomfortable with. It also takes out that step because you can just do it at your laptop, get the QR code and go in at your convenience. So it's get checked online, use it. And while you're single and not in a long-term committed relationship, it's always good to get tested, I'd say every sort of two to four months. If you've been having multiple partners, you just never know. It's always good to get rid of an infection if you have one. So good luck. I hope your dick stays hard in a condom. Retrain, retrain, retrain. That's where I'm going to wrap things up for today. Thanks again for listening. I always appreciate your support, which I see in your listens, which is just wonderful. As I always say, if you like the podcast, please like, please subscribe, please give a five-star review. It really does help in the algorithms. I've also had a few people ask if they can contribute financially in any way. And so I have set up a coffee account uh, where you can go on there and buy me a coffee. The donation I have on there is five bucks. You can do it as a one-off. You can do it as a recurring. I'll put the link in the show notes. It's also on my website, but it is at the website coffee. That is ko-fi slash thorny issues. And all the information is on there. I'm not going to say no. It would be lovely if you would like to contribute. But I also totally understand if that's not something you want to do. And there are so many other ways you can support the show. You can follow me on Instagram at Thorny Issues. You can go onto the website thornyissues.ca and you can submit a question. You can just send me a hey, hello message. Let me know how you're doing. Let me know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Let me know if you disagree with my advice. I'm just one person. It's just my opinion. I always want to listen and learn from everybody. And if I've given you advice and you've taken it, can you let me know how things go? I'd love to do a follow-up episode. So lots of ways to get in touch with me. Next week's episode is a super special one. I am talking with the owner and founder of Esmeralda SOS Sex Toy Company. Her name is B. She is wonderful. I'm so excited to share that interview with you and to talk all things sex toys. Have a wonderful week. Stay well, stay safe, be kind to each other and have fun in the bedroom. 